Welcome to Mentoring Moments. Mentoring Moments is a sub-series of the E-Commerce Edge podcast. It is composed of clips taken from Jason's one-to-one and group mentorship sessions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mentoring Moments. I'm here with Sean Mellis once again on one of our one-to-one mentorship sessions. And we were just talking just before we, we started recording here some of the challenges that businesses face in regards to major pivots. And major pivots could be something as as small as, okay, I I see this new technology coming down the pipe. I need to add this to my service offering or I need to become upskilled on this because I can see that this is a new opportunity for my business. That's a relatively minor pivot. All the way to a major pivot, which would be, okay, this is something we need to completely reorientate our business around this new technology or this new development or this new opportunity or vertical that we can change our business and fundamentally change the business that we do, even though technically the name of the business might stay the same or where you're headquartered might stay the same, but fundamentally it's no longer the same business it was. All the way to an even more radical pivot, which is I can see such disruption coming down the pipeline in the immediate future that we don't have the chance to pivot. I don't see an opportunity to pivot to a new business model or new opportunity. And so therefore, I choose to shut my business down because I can see the writing on the wall. And I'm going to proactive uh, and in an orderly fashion shut down my business before I get disrupted out of business like a deer in the headlights. And I think that's the fundamental thing that we've been talking about on for several months now, your business model and your entire industry as a business has fundamentally shifted over the last few months. And that has fundamentally changed the game for you. And so maybe just tell us a little bit about how that happened, how you saw the writing on the wall, because as entrepreneurs, we, we can't reassess our business model every 12 months. We've got to, nowadays, things are moving so fast. We've got to synthesize things in as near real time as possible and assess those risks to our business, assess new opportunities in a real time basis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So back in December, when I was playing around with ChatGPT, had exposure to the product quite early on and understood, I guess, the possibilities for businesses. And through that process, I put out a course on ChatGPT and really deep dived into the tool and listed out all of the capabilities, the functionality, and the opportunity for businesses in terms of streamlining their operations, creating content and different types of outputs in a much more efficient and more accurate sort of way. And through that experience, realized that the process that I've been going through for creating chatbots and really the profession of conversation design, which is processing, sorry, process mapping different conversational journeys that a customer can go down and handwriting the copy and the persona associated with that conversational journey will no longer be needed as a as a skill set because it's just an unnecessary process in the creation of a customer experience because you can now really prompt a model to design an interaction that leverages a knowledge base of information to reference and query and respond with the relevant answer based on the question. And that is updated in real time as the knowledge base and the help center is updated. So after I understood that 
the process was being disrupted and the business model that I had created on top of that was going to be impacted because you can now essentially write the prompt and a chatbot is formulated off the back of that and there's no need to design those conversational journeys. I made the very difficult decision to essentially wind down the business because I knew that my customers and clients wouldn't need that service anymore. And I didn't want to do them a disservice of having to implement the software on behalf of them because I knew the customer support team or the customer experience leader would need to know how to manage this function and operate it and implement it themselves because it is something that does not require technical expertise. It's a area of the business that is no longer required as a, a function. No, I think you're making a very good point. Sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but I think no, I think right. based on our previous conversations, one of the things that you pointed out to me, and this is something because I didn't work directly in your industry, you helped me have insights into your industry that I never had before. And one of the things that you talked about pretty regularly was the fact that customers would either have to be able to have the skill in-house, even once you completed your initial body of work and you effectively handed it over as a tool for the business to own, maintain, and enhance over time, what you said is effectively one of two things would have to happen at that point. Either they would have to have and develop the skill set in-house to be able to up those conversations with new data that comes into the knowledge base over time. So therefore, the direction that you would point those conversations may change over time. And so therefore, there's a, an element of maintenance just to keep it current, to keep the system current, even after you've done the initial build out and the capability and logic build out. So one of two things would have to happen. Either the merchant themselves would have to have that capability in-house, or they would have to keep coming back to you for, in a maintenance mode, almost like a managed service. And so you thought to yourself, geez, a, ChatGPT is going to take remove the need for our services full stop. But secondarily, it's not you. You wouldn't be operating in good faith to continue to sell those services in terms of new builds, knowing that within a matter of months, it's highly likely that the platform vendors themselves are going to incorporate a ChatGPT-like service into their own platform to where that initial build out wouldn't be necessary, and therefore sorry, the initial custom build out would no longer be necessary. And so therefore the maintenance services wouldn't be necessary. And therefore a customer might come and pay you for a service today that is going to become obsolete within a mere month. And so I think that was the key yeah. conversation we kept having. It was like, I cannot in good faith continue to sell services that I know are going to be obsoleted in a very short period of time. And you didn't have an exact timeline on that. But here we are now, just a couple of months later of after having that conversation and you making the very difficult decision, but I think the right one and the smart one and the fair one and the reasonable one to go ahead and wind down your business, no debt in the business, and you give your, you give your team enough time to go out and look for other opportunities and all that sort of stuff. So an orderly, orderly shutdown of the business. And here we are less than three months later and Intercom has come out yesterday with an announcement that they've integrated ChatGPT directly into their core platform. And there's no more conversational design required within the platform. It can do it all automatically. And secondarily, they can point to that either their own internal help desk platform and their own internal knowledge base, or they can point it at the Zendesk knowledge base. And all of a sudden, the conversational design happens in an automated fashion using chat GPT in real time, using that large language model. 
And for those that don't know and who are listening, I guess the one of the key factors in this from my perspective is that the public facing today, if you go to the ChatGPT website, the one that everybody's been playing with and talking about, that one is modeled, I think it's up to 2021, Google, not Google data, but crawl of the web. So basic web data going all the way up to 2021. And so the answers that it gives are based on knowledge gleaned from scraping the internet up to 2021. Now, what most people don't know or what they may not know is that part of the new chat GPT business model or the open AI business model, I should say, is that by turning over the keys to their API, you can actually train it on your own unique internal data set that is not open to the internet, that is not scraped on the internet. And so these knowledge bases that are built inside of systems like Intercom, and there's there's like 100 different help desks combined with knowledge-based systems, and, there, and there, even there, there's a lot of standalone knowledge-based systems out there that a lot of merchants use, and they build up collateral in these internal knowledge-based systems over a period of weeks, months, and years and so that as the, as questions come into their help desk, for example, they might go, we've been asked this question 30 times. Why don't we just write a help desk article about this instead? And then we resurface that information via chat and via links on our website so that we don't have to answer this every single time as a one-off. Sure, you could have live chat templates or that sort of thing, but usually they'll turn it into an actual article, right? That then can be referenced on the website and internally. And so I guess what the key here is, is that open AI has effectively made it so that instead of scraping the open internet for information, when you consume it as a commercial product and you're paying for access to it, you can train it on your own data set and it can be updated and retrained in real time as that data set changes. So as new articles, for example, get added to a knowledge base or a help desk, then all of a sudden in real time, ChatGPT, or I'm guessing it's probably on a cron most likely actually, goes there, effectively rescrapes all of that information and it, it integrates all of that new knowledge into its large language model so that when these questions start to get asked via, for example, live chat, it is got it has got the most up-to-date responses possible without manual retraining. Yeah, perfectly said. It's cutting out the need for ongoing optimization and any work related to analyzing the quality and the accuracy of the conversations and building that back into the model. That's really the role of a conversation designer after the bot's been launched is that quality assurance component. And that's where we added our value and built a retainer service on top of where we're looking after the accuracy of these conversations, the health, the overall customer satisfaction and feeding all of the metrics associated with customer satisfaction back into the customer support ecosystem across the help center, the chatbot, the inbox. But now that process is done automatically. And as the internal capability of pointing that model or the API to a knowledge base or help center and having that train in a very iterative and automated fashion. I've been thinking about for a long time is the future of chatbots where we no longer need this manual analysis it doesn't seem necessary when the function of the product itself is entirely automated. Why can't it train itself on its own data and feed that back into the model? It just seemed like a natural progression of something that is only so accurate in terms of its ability to respond to 
the question with the correct answer. Like a typical accuracy rate for a chatbot is between 40 to 60%. And this is a model that's being trained over time and being fed back in through manual analysis. And that accuracy rate increases slowly over time as you're providing that manual training, which is supervised machine learning. But when AI is progressing, the data sets are getting larger, the process in which that model is trained is getting more efficient, you're going to see that rate increase. And now we're almost at that kind of 90 to 100% threshold, where all you need is an up to date knowledge base, and the model is able to detect uh, really how to translate and break down the question into its core components to then feedback the appropriate answer. And I'm excited that the industry has gotten to this place because I've been an advocate for chatbots for so long. And I know how painful it's been to convince certain stakeholders and to remove and break down their perception of their past experiences conversing with these tools because from my personal experience a few chatbots that i've used on other companies websites have been terrible very frustrating lots of dead ends lots of endless loops that you get stuck in and my approach to this was building conversational journeys that actually worked that delighted customers that provided a sense of almost fulfillment because you're able to to efficiently find your answer in a way that doesn't confuse or makes you frustrated going down that journey. But now we're at the point where every interaction is delightful. There are a few interactions with ChatGPT where I get frustrated or upset about the response. I'm always delighted at how accurate or how detailed or how insightful the answers are. And I'm sure a lot of other people have had that reaction too. So we're now going to get to the point where you're excited to talk to a chatbot on a website because it's going to translate any complex requirement into its core components and provide an answer from the help center that you know is up to date, that you know is relevant. And it's going to be instantaneous 24-7 across every brand that you know and love. And I think that's an exciting place for the industry. But for me as a chatbot designer, it's really become apparent that this function is no longer required as a specialist skill set. It's going to be something and it's already, as of Intercom's announcement yesterday, baked into existing customer support tools. They're no longer siloed chatbot development platforms. They're features on an existing tool like a HubSpot in Intercom or a Zendesk. And it's as simple as a toggle that says turn AI on or turn auto response on. And that's really the future of the space that I've been thinking about for a long time. And I'm glad it's here. And I'm glad that chatbots are going to have its time in the limelight and people are going to actually have better customer experiences as a result of this technology. It's interesting that you raised that because up until now, I haven't ever met a chatbot that I liked. Really, yeah. I ha I've featured Nibble on the podcast before. And Nibble's doing some really cool stuff with automated e-commerce negotiation, price negotiation via automated chatbot. That was really cool. That was probably the only chatbot I've played with that I really liked. And I thought this is a fun, gamified type of interaction that is actually fun and enjoyable. I think gamification of lots of things can bring a joy to things that you can't get any other way. But other than that, in terms of like routine interaction with the likes of Qantas or Air New Zealand or whatever via the chat box, it's just rubbish, absolute rubbish. Yep. And if brands and organizations as large as Qantas and Air New Zealand can't make their chatbots perform well, no one else has a shit show chance of being able to make it work. That's the reality. And so I, I think that you've hit the nail on the head, whereas a lot of brands want to hide 
often that they're even using a chat bot as part of their live chat yeah. service. They try to hide it until it gets fr you get frustrated and then maybe they'll bring in a human to take over. But the thing is that the other part of this is that I think now that the general public has had enough time to play with ChatGPT and understand the power of OpenAI's technology, that now I actually think that when something, and when a technology like Intercom, when you flip that switch and enable it, I think now it's going to be a badge of honor that said, yeah. it, it might say powered by OpenAI at the bottom, or it might say powered by ChatGPT, because the public response has been so positive to that technology, and it has been so groundbreaking, that instead of trying to hide the fact that we're using a chatbot. We now want to promote the fact that we're using a mm. chatbot that everybody loves and trusts and respects. I think that's a that's another fundamental shift to this whole technological movement. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a point of difference to say we use ChatGPT-powered chatbot for customer support and can answer any question any time of the day with near-perfect accuracy. It'll be a delighter in the customer experience journey. And I think it's just a race for companies now to implement that and for the customer support tools that they currently use. And the key ones are really Zendesk, HubSpot, Gorgeous, and Intercom. It'll be a matter of weeks before the competitors of Intercom follow up with a similar integration and all of the account executives and relationship managers will be on calls very quickly, showing them how to turn that toggle on. Yeah, I expect to see a lot of ChatGPT powered support in the next couple of months. Absolutely. And what's amazing about this is it didn't just disrupt your business model and the services you're offering, but this is going to disrupt. Because I know, for example, like a few years ago now, I think it may have been four or five years ago now, I read a news article on how much money Air New Zealand had spent on de developing and building out their chatbot. And it was, I, I'm pretty sure, right. don't quote me on this, but I think it was in the millions that they had spent building out this experience. And all of a sudden to have their own internal investment in this type of technology basically obsoleted overnight, it must be, it's, it, this is disruptive, not just to service providers in the industry. This is disruptive to the consumers of the technology in this industry in an absolutely massive way. So I, I salute you for making the pivot. I salute you for seeing the writing on the wall. I salute you for not being a deer in the headlights. I salute you for being proactive and progressive in how you face this and, and said, look, I don't know the exact time. I don't know the exact date. This is coming. It's coming very fast. I love the fact that when you produced, we talked also about when you produced your course around using ChatGPT and leveraging it in business, it ended up being far more successful than you could have ever possibly expected. The demand was ridiculous and it's continuing. You did it as, a, as an exercise in learning for yourself, but effectively turned your learning into a course, which then ended up being way more commercially successful than you could have ever imagined. And it almost became another side hustle income stream that you produce once and you can continue to sell it as a digital course. And I remember you telling me that it turned out to be far more in demand than you could have ever imagined. You really just did this as a, I mean, this was really just a, an autodidactic learning exercise for you. And I really respect the, and I know how hard it is to shut down a business because I've had to do it once before myself. And, and so I had deep empathy for the challenge and the difficulty of dealing with staff and telling them that the business is going to be shut down and talking to clients and finishing up service delivery under contract and all the things that go along with shutting a business down in an orderly fashion. It is not fun. It is not pleasurable. It is stressful. It is time consuming. You're obviously at the same time, you're trying to think about, okay, what am I going to do for my own income in the process? There's just so many things to think about as you wind down a business. And I just have such deep respect 
for you being proactive instead of reactive in that regard. And I think that's huge learning for anybody out there. If you see the writing on the wall, if you're deeply embedded in your industry, if you know what's going on, don't wait. Don't leave it to the last minute. Be proactive instead of reactive, I think is the lesson that we can all take away from this. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. If you'd like to get mentored by Jason for free, head over to greenwoodconsulting.net, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click Get Mentored by Jason.